In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us, Chuck Steelman, Vice President of Experience Programming and Partnerships for Trademark Property. Chuck, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Bobby. I'm so glad to be here as we're into 2021 and ready for new adventures. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know how busy things can get, so thank you again for taking some time out. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy this. Yeah, of course. You know, it's always great to talk about fashion and retail and what's going on in the world around us. So it's I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, and you have you have a very interesting uh, background uh, that I won't even try to, you know, kind of go through. I'd rather you go through and kind of give us trajectory, but 30 years of experience in fashion and retail. Tell us about that. Tell us about your career and uh, where you are today. Well, ironically, I got my start working in the fashion industry as a high school kid. You know, I was on the team board of a department store in South Alabama, and little did I know that that experience would lead me into a career working in the fashion and retail and commercial real estate business. But it has been certainly an exciting adventure. I will say the thing that attracted me to this industry is the fact that everything is always changing. Season after season, things are constantly changing. So I like the fact that things aren't the same and everything is always changing. And you're really challenged to think differently and to really come up with new and exciting things all the time. But I spent time working. I worked in the fashion industry with MGM Mirage. So I have a lot of background with casino retail. And then I worked for Neiman Marcus for 16 years in a variety of positions in public relations. And now at Trademark Property as the vice president of experience, I really focus on working with our marketing directors throughout our properties to come up with new and exciting programs. And of course, always making sure that our customers are the first priority when they enter our property. What's your day-to-day look like? How do you how do you uh, you know help you know, your different different clients? And I know now... The trademark company. Actually, what, what instead of me going through this, why don't you go through it with us? What does the trademark company do? So, trademark owns owns, manages, or operates about maybe about twenty properties throughout the United States, and we work closely with. I work closely with the marketing directors and the general managers of our properties, and elevating their programming seeking out new opportunities, looking for partners that want to come in and activate within our centers, and also looking at ways that just because we've done it in the past, like why do we do this, and really evolving something into something new and fresh and remaining relevant in the communities where our properties are represented. Absolutely. That, that's great. And as you're, as you're kind of navigating all of this, uh, what, what have you seen as, you know, of course, we're in a little bit of a different world, of course, with the pandemic. What have you seen as, as uh, sort of challenges that you've been helping your different uh, you know, tenants with, if you will? Well, I would say two things. Number one, the biggest challenge that we have when it comes to event planning is crowd control. You have to keep 
your customers safe. You have to keep them socially distanced. And there's ways to do it. And sometimes when you look at, okay, we've done this, we can't do this again because of social distancing, we are really challenged to be creative and come up with new and exciting ways to host groups of clients while keeping them safe and socially distanced. I'll give you an example. Specifically at Gallery of Dallas, they have a state-of-the-art skate center that sits in the middle of the four-story property. And it is really a spectacular view to stand there, especially during the holidays, because the Galleria Ice Rink holds the largest, tallest, I should say, Christmas tree in the United States. It's 95 feet tall, and it really is pretty spectacular, but it sits in the middle of the skate rink. So every holiday for 29 years, Galleria Dallas has always hosted this state-of-the-art skate show featuring Olympic skaters and celebrities that are ice skaters. And it's always a fun event for the community, but 30,000 people attend this. So when I first started at Galleria, the general manager of the Galleria and the manager of the ice rink was like, there's just no way we can do this. And I remember as a guest attending it, I was like, listen, this is an important part of the community. How are we, we have to make this work. So we created a new way of doing an event. And this was the 30th year for the ice holiday ice show, and we are very excited to be able to do it in partnership with the Dallas Children's Advocacy Center. So we turned it into a charity event on a Sunday evening after the center had closed, and we put four by six, for lack of a better word, vinyl rugs down that were six feet apart, and we were able to host about 350 to 400 guests, but we were still able to present this state-of-the-art holiday show to garner the press, the publicity, and this year having the layer of doing a good deed by helping an, a nonprofit organization. So we were really able to come up with a new way of doing it, and I think it's something that might stick around because we may offer that complimentary show when we're out of the pandemic, but we still may offer this VIP opportunity because the Skate Center is so unique to the city, and it gives us something that we can offer nonprofits that other places cannot. The second thing I think that has been a challenge or something that we've looked at differently is the behavior of the way that customers are shopping now is totally different. And I think that the fact that we all are, some of us are not going into the office Monday through Friday, nine to five anymore. So you can have a little bit more flexibility when you go out to a center. I will say that the weekend traffic is still very strong, but we're seeing that people are shopping at different times versus when they normally shopped, which means how do we reach out and engage with those customers and still be relevant when they choose to t come out and shop in one of our shopping centers? What do you think are some of the changes uh, that you've done within your centers that you think will stick even after kind of we get out of this pandemic? I think curbside pickup is something that I think is very convenient. And when you're comparing an online and in-store experience, it's all about convenience. When you, To me, online, the experience is clicking a button and it shows up on your doorstep the next day. But if you, know, if you need something quicker or you don't want to risk the fact that the package might get lost or stolen off of your doorstep, curbside pickup is something that allows someone to order online and pick up at curbside. You don't even have to get out of your car. And how convenient is that to pull up and have someone from our concierge team bring you your package? So I think that we're going to see curbside pickup continue after the pandemic is over. And I also believe that retailers will continue to offer these private VIP moments. You know, if, if you've noticed when you go into a shopping center during the pandemic, you'll see long lines of people trying to get into some retailers and especially the more luxury brands like Louis Vuitton or Gucci or Tiffany. And I've seen it on a daily basis in our centers. And, and now I think that 
what happens is it allows a retailer the opportunity to offer a true one-on-one VIP experience. And I think what happens is you weed out people who are just looking and you can really focus in on the people that are coming in with a credit card that want to shop. So the more attention you give them and the more one-on-one experience they have, they're going to spend more. So I think that that is something that we're going to see continuing going forward because it's an easy way to offer a VIP experience for those customers. Makes sense, Chuck. And what what do you what sort of guidance do you give these retailers as we again go to a more kind of normalized world after the pandemic? How do they keep some of these changes, but at the same time, like you said, how do they, how do they implement changes uh, and what changes would you suggest, you know, kind of a smaller retailer implementing on an ongoing basis? I think it's all about the relationship. You have to know who your customer is. You have to know their name. You have to know about their life. So when they enter your store, you can have a natural dialogue that makes them feel like they're part of your store and they're part of the family that your store creates. And I think that's something that's really critical is being relevant during this time, making sure the customer is safe and and healthy. And just having, I've noticed that customers love the fact that someone just, their sales associate calls them just to check on them. How are you doing? What's going on? You know, not trying to sell, but just having that personal relationship. I think that's really critical right now is to always remember that it truly is about relationships. I also think growing a retailer's digital presence through social media and all of the apps that are out there that are available that allow the retailer to effectively communicate to their customers is really critical. And I think that those things are some of the tools that people can put in place now. So when we're out of the pandemic, they're going to still be relevant in the lives of these customers. Yeah, you touched on this, you know, some of the digital technology, social media that people have been implementing. What do you feel like now in this kind of new world? You know, there's been a lot of brick and mortar operators that were you know, really heavy on the experience in location. There were some that, you know, kind of touched on the experience in location. There's some that wanted to combine those digital and in-store experiences into one. You know, for those for those individuals that have not really, or business owners that have not really gone down the path of you know, creating really, you know, for lack of a better phrase, omni-channel experience, what are some of the suggestions that you have as they look at this? I think one of the things that you said that I that I 100% agree with is first start with your customer, know your customer, and then build some something from there. But what are some some more tactical guiding uh, elements that you would you know push out to these retailers? I think the key is. Online, you have to keep online. The experience online is the convenience of it. And if you keep that to where it is so convenient for a customer, your online business is going to naturally happen. But when it comes to in-store, instead of looking at how do we merge them together, I think you look at it as what can I offer in my brick and mortar environment that you can't experience online? And those are examples of things like you can't have a glass of champagne online. You can't shake the designer's hand online. You can't have your photo taken with a celebrity that happens to be a guest in a store or with your best friend where you went shopping. You can't do those things online. So making those things more relevant in an in-store experience, it should be something that money can't buy, something that allows the customer to have an emotional reaction, whether it's sensory or personal. This is what it's all about. You've got to have that one-on-one interaction that makes the customer feel special and they have a true shopping experience. And it goes back to 
what I said earlier, I think that's that one-on-one appointment time that you have right now, I think we're going to see those things continue because when you have that one-on-one time, it does allow that customer to feel special and to feel important. And I think that is one of the things that is going to really be important as we look at how do we keep online relevant, but keep our stores and brick and mortar still happening because the brick and mortar Really, they support each other. I know from my experience working at Neiman Marcus, a large majority, and when I say maybe like 75 to 80% of the customers go online to do all their research. They don't buy anything online, but then they come into the store and then they go in and say, where's this? I want to see this. I want to touch this. I want to try on that shoe. They already know what they want. So the two different categories of shopping really support each other. So they do have to be connected, but at the same time, you have to make sure that the in-store experience is something that they cannot get online. Yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. And what, uh, Chuck, you've probably seen a lot of you know different retail environments uh, that you both like and, and probably some that you've seen that you're like, if they just said X, Y, and Z, that would make it such a better experience. What, what are some of your favorite experiences that you've seen or, or your favorite store locations that you like to, to shop at? And, and, and what's getting you excited about shopping in those places? Well, one of the things that I think is really exciting that I really had fun when I went into the store was at Nordstrom. They did a great job at coming up with personalized masks. So you could go into a Nordstrom store and everybody's wearing masks. And you know, you could pick out a style that you like. They had a variety of styles, they had a lot of different fabrics. And then you could have it personalized where you have it monogrammed with your your initials. You could put your name on it. You could put your company logo on it. It was just really fun and they do it right there. So, you know, you pay $12, $18, something like that for the mask and they personalize it for you. And I thought that was really cool and really fun. And at the same time, with the personalization of those masks, they also had personalization of these gifts. And, you know, during this is, you know, last month during the holiday time, they had these really cool sacks that you could get that said gifts, especially for, and then you went in and add someone's name to it. Then you put all the gifts inside of those bags. And I thought that was very fun because when you keep it personal, it really makes the experience more fun. It makes it unique. And then it makes something that you're bringing to the table during the holidays very unique and special, you know. And they also offered gift wrap. Many times, retailers now, when you go in, you're lucky if you get a box. And even some of the luxury retailers, you know, you go in and you want, oh, we have complimentary gift wrap. They just put it in a box for you. So you still have to go home and wrap it with paper and ribbons and all that. So I thought that the fact that they actually had wrapping with cool ribbons all in one spot, it made it very easy, very convenient. And it was something that you didn't have to pay for. It was complimentary. So you could go and have it gift wrapped and made your experience very personal and very fun for for you uh, to do. The other thing I'll say is at Galleria Dallas, we launched an experience called Snow Day. And at Waters Creek in Allen, Texas, we had a Sweet Tooth Hotel pop-up. And these are interactive, immersive, Instagrammable moments where you go through these experiential rooms and you have photos taken with your friends and family. And everyone today is looking for some kind of Instagrammable moment or a place where you can create TikTok content. I'm not cool on TikTok, but <laughs> I have a TikTok account, but I don't really, I go on to see it once a month to see what's going on. But, you know, these activations, I really saw be so successful with people looking for something to do that was safe and also something that was very relevant. So I think the secret sauce of these types of experiential moments now are the marketing that naturally generates. You know, if you have a normal person coming in with 50 followers on Instagram. Well, those 50 followers 
half of them are their neighbors. The other half are their, the moms from the school where their kids go to school together. And when you have these moments, you they're posting all of these things. And then those 50 people, like, I want to be part of that. And then they head up to those places and then their hundred followers. And so it just creates this natural marketing machine, which is what's so brilliant about these, these experiences. It's like, you know, the old true word of mouth. It's like word of Instagram, you know, whatever you can get out there on social media really, truly is impactful. So those are some of the things that I saw during the month of December that I thought were very relevant, very current, and also kept people safe and made people feel like, you know, I want to go out and I want to experience something versus just shopping online. Absolutely. Absolutely. And check as you think about really kind of advising maybe like a smaller brick and mortar retail owner. How would you kind of describe to them and or what would you advise them to to think about to create that same kind of Nordstrom experience that you just talked about? You know, personalization is easy to do. You can easily have things monogrammed. You can partner with, you know, a local alterations company or dry cleaning businesses. Sometimes they have monogram machines. I mean, you can easily partner with them and and identify things within your own store that can be personalized. And, you know, you can also hire someone to come in on, on a Saturday once a month to do painting on bottles if you're selling candles or fragrances or anything that can be hand-painted to personalize it. I think those things are unique. I also think that it makes it what you're giving as a gift to someone makes it a little bit more special for the person that you're giving it to. So it's not just something that you just ran and picked up. It's something that you put a little bit of thought and a little bit of effort in to to give to them as, as a gift or when you're just giving it or something you're just buying for yourself. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, you know, uh, I think you just kind of looking at the portfolio of of different properties that the trademark property you know, owns and operates. I think, you know, one of the things that you'll see is there's a lot of cool properties. And one of the questions, you know, that we get a lot from kind of maybe smaller strip center type locations is during this time where, you know, traffic has been Im- impacted by the pandemic. What are some things the larger companies like the trademark property are doing to bring in you know, more traffic or some challenges and difficulties that they're helping alleviate during this time for, for these smaller operators mainly. What are some things that you focus on there um, to create that shopping experience? Well, Bobby, one of the things I want to point out, you know, every business, not just the retail industry, has drastically been affected by the pandemic. But what I'll say, what separates retailers from other types of businesses, as I said this at the beginning, retail is always changing. And the strong leaders that lead these companies are the ones that are used to changing. And so this is just another challenge that's been faced with the retailer. So you have to change. You have to come up with something that is different and you have to change your business. So I think by looking at what we've done specifically at Trademark during the holiday season specifically is we we really focused on what can we do that we can offer an activity or an activation or an experience that someone can come into our properties and have with their friends and family that makes them feel safe, but moves their emotion. And when you're with your best friend or when you're with your cousin or with your parents, when you're visiting during the holidays, it, it really offers these special moments. So specifically at our property in Corpus Christi, one of the things that we did there was you know, Santa Claus was coming because it was in the middle of December and, you know, Santa Claus always makes a big splash. And how do, how do we do that? Because, you know, thousands of people would come out to the center. So the marketing director and the general manager there pivoted that event and turned it into a drive-through Santa experience. So the community could still come out. 
They safely stayed within their vehicles, drove through the parking lot, and they had different stations set up with different types of entertainment so you could see it. And of course, the conclusion of the drive-through was to welcome Santa Claus to Corpus Christi. And it was really, we had so much positive feedback from the community. They were so appreciative that the shopping center said, you know, we don't, we want to preserve the magic of the holidays for our families. Another example is at our property in Kansas City, Zona Rosa. They host breakfast with Mrs. Claus every year. And it really is a twofold purpose because the families bring their children out to hang out with Mrs. Claus. But there's also a component where the center gives books to the kids. So it promotes reading, which I think is really important to promote reading within our communities and offer any type of educational opportunity for our families that bring their children out to our centers. And so what, what they did is the kids were able to participate in a pajama party within their own vehicle. So if you think about it, if you could imagine being a seven-year-old, you're getting to put on your pajamas and go riding in the car. You know, it's not typically what you do in your pajamas. So I think the fact that the families were able to come through the property, pick up their hot chocolate and their treats, pick up their complimentary books, and then they got to see Mrs. Claus from their car. So it was a little different, but it was still very similar that we were able to do the same type of opportunity for the family and the children in that community. And then also at, at our property in the Woodlands, Market Street, which is north of Houston, they host a tree lighting every single year. And, you know, again, it's a big community event where you literally get thousands and thousands of people that all gather together. And it's an outdoor property, so you can easily host a lot of people in the center. And obviously they could not host it this year because of the crowd control. Even though they were outside, you still can't have that many people in one spot. So they turned the tree lighting into a virtual tree lighting, which allowed them to broadcast it on their website, broadcast it through their social media channels. And so more people were able to see it. And when they launched this, it's one of those Christmas trees that has the light show. And every 30 minutes between Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve, you know, you can come in and see it in the evening. So it, is, it still allowed the community to know that the tree was still there. And then you could come in safely throughout the month to watch it in person and sitting in your car with your family. So those are just some of the examples during the holidays of things that we did to, to change our business of what we normally do to offer up to our communities and to keep that as a forefront because we wanted to make sure that a, we offered a, an in-person Santa Claus experience. So we made sure that he was six feet apart. There was a clear panel between the children and Santa. Everyone wore masks. So it was very safe. And we had a very successful amount of publicity that was generated because families really appreciated the fact that we took an extra step to keep them safe and to still keep some of those traditions that families like happening. So it was truly an experience during the holidays at Trademark Property. And I'm very proud of all the marketing directors and their teams and the general managers that really worked closely with some of our corporate leaders and shifting and pivoting to offer these great experiences during the holidays. That's great. I wish uh, I wish you you own more properties in California where I'm at because we uh, we had nothing going on this year. But it was <laughs> hopefully next year. <laughs> you know, Bobby, that's exactly what we thought. You know, like we could just say, you know, there were a lot of shopping centers in our in our city that said, you know, we're not going to do an in person Santa. We're only doing virtual Santa on Zoom. And I just started thinking back if I was a child, if I was a six year old kid, and I had always gone to the mall to have my photo taken with Santa. I remember. I remember. It's, these are the things that make your company relevant. And when you can emotionally connect with children and families and be a part of their traditions, you are really 
being relevant in someone's life. And that's what we were really trying to do is preserve those moments because especially during the holidays, it's critical to be relevant. And so again, I'm very proud of the fact that we were able to safely do it, offer the Santa experience. We offered it on Zoom as well, but you know, Families had both options. And, you know, I saw people coming to our centers and they were so appreciative. Children were so excited. One thing I didn't see a lot of, Bobby, was a lot of crying kids because they weren't <laughs> sitting in Santa's lap. You know, they were they were six feet apart. And I saw these two-year-olds, they were like laughing at Santa. And, you know, some of our properties had, we even had sound systems put in place. So there were microphones there. So Santa could hear the kid and the child could communicate with Santa Claus. And I mean, it was just a really fun way to interact. And everything was all set up where you had to make your reservations online. So there were no, you couldn't stand in line to see Santa. You had to go online and you were told you have to be here at this time. And it allowed the families to be safe. So it was a really positive experience for customers. And that was our main goal. And I'm very proud that now that we're in 2021, I can say we successfully executed that in most all of our properties. That's great. That's great to hear. You know, Chuck, as you've been, you know, talking about a lot of experiences and again, you've You've probably seen it all as as you've been you know kind of navigating the the whole retail world. What are some technologies that you um, saw being adopted faster than you had initially expected? Outside of you know really curbside, I think curbside is one of the ones that we've all seen kind of accelerate. But what are some other things that you've seen that you were shocked that really kind of got adoption so fast? Well, Bobby, from an experiential and event standpoint, Zoom certainly made a big entrance into our lives in a matter of days. You know, I had no idea what Zoom was until everything was shut down and it became a vehicle for offering unique events to clients at their homes. And, you know, at first it was really all about customer engagement and developing the relationship. But now we're really seeing Zoom as a tool that retailers are using and and other platforms. There are other platforms now out there other than Zoom that allow retailers the opportunity to get in front of a customer, whether they're doing a one-on-one appointment or they're hosting a group of clients, but it's giving them an opportunity to sell. And so I think that's what's changed. And I think we're going to still see some of this Zooming and virtual experiences continue even after the pandemic because it's convenient. As many things that I get invited to outside of doing and hosting the virtual experiences that I host for Trademark, I get invited to a lot of things. And sometimes I'm like, do I really want to go on another Zoom? But once I'm on, I'm sitting on my sofa. I clicked a button. I'm having a glass of wine of a wine that I like that I got from my personal collection. And this is it's easy. And then once I do it, it's really a great way to engage with people, and it's also a lot of fun. So I think that Zoom obviously is something, and, and platforms similar to Zoom, is something that certainly made an impact right away. And at Trademark, we host a variety of experiences on Zoom that we call talent talks. And we've interviewed actors, we've interviewed fashion designers, we've interviewed celebrity makeup artists. We had Miss America on as one of our guests. And we really just talk to people about what they're doing during quarantine. And some of them give, you know, their advice for their favorite gifts or what they like to do at home or share a recipe. And it's really an opportunity, really all about customer engagements and the way we can stay relevant in the lives of our clients. I think mobile technology, again, that allows for delivery or even curbside pickup is, is really important. And I'm, I've seen retailers adopting all of this new technology pretty fast. And I also think that retailers are looking for technology that allows them to control their inventory levels uh, to meet the demands of their customers and to be more, to be more efficient. For example, at Nordstrom, you can get anything you want 
from this company within 24 hours. So if I go into the Nordstrom at Galleria Dallas and I want something and they don't have it in that store, the next day they'll have it there for me in my size of, of whatever of whatever I'm looking for. So this is a great example of a company that has utilized technology to help control their inventory systems, which allow them to drive sales and most importantly, to strengthen that relationship. Make a customer happy. Keep that customer satisfied. And that is what's important with all these tools that are out there with emerging technology is utilizing it as a way to build the relationship for the customer and to make it easier for the customer. Makes sense. Makes sense. And Chuck, as you're thinking kind of about the future of you know brick and mortar and what's going to shape brick and mortar retail, really from a technology standpoint, what are some things that you think about? Well, I think, the first of all, I want to say that I think the future for shopping centers and retail in general is very exciting. I think we're going to see a lot of newness in shopping centers and malls, and I believe we're going to see a lot of new brands emerge and experiences and all these things that we've been talking about are going to become more popular within the centers. Now, from a technology standpoint, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of different things that, that go into place. So one of the things that we utilize specifically at Trademark Property is a system called Alice. And ironically, Alice, as you know from the Brady Bunch, she was the housekeeper that could do anything. And so I didn't realize it until I was preparing for this interview, but that's why this program is called Alice. This web-based technology tool has been created to because it can do anything and everything, just like Alice could do for the Brady Bunch family. And anyway, it's the Alice is an integration between the customer, that one-on-one face face-to-face interaction with technology. It really emerges these two. And it allows the customers to text, to schedule an appointment, or to ask a question. And like I said, we use this as part of our Concierge Plus program at multiple properties. And the feature allows us to get to know the client, to offer personalized events or services for the customer. And also, it gives us an opportunity to reach out to the customer on their birthday or their anniversary so that we can still continue to build that relationship between our customers. So for instance, you know, Bobby, you can text Alice and schedule your dog to be walked if you're in a property that has a residential tower, or you can schedule a package to be delivered to your home through this feature. So it really is a great tool that allows us to reach out and engage with our customers and have that one-on-one customer interaction using technology. The tool also is will allow us as, as we grow our Concierge Plus program throughout our company to create a VIP loyalty program, which we're very excited about. And we'll be we'll be talking more about that as we move into 2021. And of course, the program provides monthly reports for us to analyze how we're communicating with our customers. So that's just one of the examples of technology and keeping it forefront when we're dealing with customer experience. That's great. That's great, Chuck. Any, any last, that was a wealth of information. Any last thoughts that you want to share with our listeners that I didn't ask you? You know, again, I, I just want to say that I'm very optimistic about the future. And, you know, you, you think, oh, shopping centers are changing and malls are going to go out of business and retailers are going bankrupt. Yes, all that stuff's happening. But the strong retailers and companies that were already ahead of this will still be very relevant and will be very important. And I think we're going to see shopping centers emerge into new gathering places for communities. We're going to see a lot more of these experiential moments like we talked about Snow Day and the Sweet Tooth Hotel pop-up. Those are the things that we're going to see, um, you know, whether it's a social media immersive pop-up or a fashion exhibit or an art exhibit, you know, we're going to see those things that you get to come in. It gives you something to do. And malls will become centers that 
allow people to come together, not just to come to buy a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt. So we're going to see a lot of changing, a lot of multifamily residential go up and uh, near and inside of centers. And, you know, one type of business that, that I've already seen starting to emerge into malls and shopping centers is the medical industry. And if you think about it, when I, when I interviewed someone with our CEO a few months ago that was talking about this, and I was like, medical in a mall? But if you think about it, if you have an office tower, a residential tower, a hotel, and all the retail, there are thousands of people that are coming in and out of there. How convenient is it to pick up your prescription from CVS or Walgreens? How convenient is it to run into a minute clinic to see a doctor while you're while you're already there shopping? And you know, grocery stores are slowly inching into shopping centers. I think we're going to see a lot of that. You already see Italy popping up in many shopping centers throughout the country. I was recently in Boston and the Prudential Center there. They have a great Italy that has great restaurants. And, you know, so I think that we're going to see a lot of these things evolve and change and more movie theaters, ice skating rinks, experiential things that people can come out to do with their families. So I think we're going to see the future of shopping centers emerge and they're going to be way more effective and way more exciting. So I think the future looks very bright. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we're going to see some, some companies also, as I've been talking to some of the brick and mortar, I'm sorry, I'm some of the e-com brands, they're also talking about now establishing brick and mortar locations to, to, to create those experiences in local environments for their customers. So I think it's going to go the other way a little bit, too, as we get out of this pandemic. You know, I totally agree with you, Bobby, because they really support each other. You know, we, you can't touch and feel a fabric and really experience what a garment looks like online. You can't see the brilliance of a diamond online. You can see how beautiful it looks, but when you're standing face-to-face seeing a product, it really makes a difference. And I think that you're exactly right. Malls are vehicles to support online business. Stores support their online business because people do their research, they look for what they can see online, and then they come into stores or into shopping centers to actually see it, touch, and feel it, and to experience it. And when retailers and brick and mortar have created an experience for those people, they'll be back and they will continuously shop and you'll develop a really strong relationship with those people and your business. There's no way that your business can't be successful when you keep the customer as the first and most important part of your business. Totally agree, Chuck. Totally agree. That was a wealth of information. Thank you so much uh, You know, for spending some time with us. That, that was great. Before I let you go, I know you're from the Dallas, Texas area. What are some fun spots when travel opens up for people to consider? Oh, well, first of all, you've got to come to my home city of Dallas. I mean, it's it's a great, it's Texas is a great state. I'm proud to be a Texan, but you know, we have a lot of new exciting hotels that have opened in in Dallas recently. The Thompson Hotel downtown, um, the Jewel Hotel has been around for for several years, but it's one of my favorites, and it's just a beautiful place to visit. And of course, we have the Arboretum in Dallas, and you have to go and visit Galleria Dallas. It's one of this country's premier shopping destinations. Which Hosts a variety of different retailers and you know experiential things. So when you come in with your family, you can really have a really good experience by visiting Galleria Dallas and all the things that that our city has to offer. And if you're a famous, if you love the TV show Dallas, you can always go to South Fork in the north part of the city and be a Ewing for the day and check it out there. So, but Dallas has a lot to offer. We have great restaurants and really fun, exciting things to. And if you love sports, you know you can't go wrong with visiting 
the star in Frisco, whereas the the practice field for the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, if you ever have the opportunity to go to a a professional game or one of the college sports teams and they have the the bowls and the tournaments here, it's fun to go to that AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It's really great. And and then, of course, the Dallas Zoo is always a great place to visit. So a lot of things happening in the city of Dallas. So really come out and, and, and have a lot of fun. Awesome, Chuck. Thank you again for your time today. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll be chatting again soon. Okay, Bobby. Thanks so much for having me and have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.